Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> We are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Uh, welcome, everyone, uh, to uh, Coming Attractions, uh, the episode of The Commentarians, where we tell you what movie we're doing, who's going to be hosting, what movie, uh, who we're going to be doing it with, and all the information you need to know. Right now, we have Emily Dixon on the show. Hi, how's it going, Emily? It's going good. It's going good. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm super excited because every time you bring a movie, it's a good one. And uh, the people you talk to are always fun. So uh, what uh, what wholesome, delightful movie do you have for our <laughs> Christian podcast, Emily? Well, actually, I don't know if wholesome or Christian uh, go with this particular movie. Uh, we are actually going to do a very controversial movie. Uh, we're going to be doing The Exorcist just in time for Halloween. What? And, yeah, right. What, Emily? What are you doing to us? <laughs> the Exorcist, well, <laughs> the language, the scenes. Oh no! <laughs> well, that's the beautiful thing about our podcast. You can get all of the great observations without <laughs> actually having to watch the movie. Oh well, we. I hope so, Emily. Because oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this this was I, I, I'm going to throw Doug under the bus because we're having Doug Obermeyer back on with us and he was actually the one who chose the movie oh. <laughs> and I said yes thinking that I had seen it because it is such a pop icon and yeah. the name is thrown around turns out I had not seen it and I agreed to this before I realized what I was doing <laughs> right it, it is a lot like you know like Psycho or like The Godfather where it's so in the popular culture that you think that you've seen it because of, mm -hmm. you know how much it's referenced and when you actually oh. see it you had no idea what <laughs> it, it you know and honestly and i've got to confess as we're recording this i still have not watched the movie itself i have just been doing research and mm. background on it so i'm still not sure exactly what all i'm in for oh boy. but <laughs> I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because it, it does deal with the supernatural and it does deal with the demonic. And, uh, you know, these are heavy, heavy topics. And yeah. I, I want to be very clear. I believe in a supernatural realm. I believe in demons, fallen angels, regular angels, loyal angels. And I think it's important that we talk about this within a Christian context and maybe even come back and say, hey, is this what spiritual warfare should look like? Is this kind of thing possible? How do we deal with it, deal with it if it does happen to one of our family members or to ourselves? Mm. And that's what I see the conversation from this movie's opening up. So I'm, I'm excited from that perspective. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about that last month when I had dug on, dug on to talk about... Uh, a sleep paralysis disorder and there i mean it's hard to if 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 we have a belief in 
demonic forces, in spirituality, in Christianity, then there has to be a discussion on exorcism. At yes. the same time, a lot of people have taken advantage of that and have taken advantage mm -hmm. on people, you know, and make money off of it. So it's really, really important that we actually discuss this and we talk about it in a real, you know, open-minded but also grounded way. And I think Doug is the perfect Absolutely. person to do this with. Yes, and, and a lot of people don't realize that this film is almost single-handedly responsible for the fact that the Catholic Church actually changed their guidelines on how to perform and approach exorcisms. Mm. And they now have a seven-step protocol system in place to ensure that they aren't doing mental or physical damage to someone who needs psychiatric or medical health care instead of an exorcism. Mm. And so, and it was the first time that the protocols have been changed since the 1600s. So it was majorly influential in, in how it helped, you know, safeguard people because we don't want to discount the fact that we are physical human beings with bodies that sometimes go crazy and they, they need, you know, medicine, they need treatment that is not necessarily related to our spiritual well-being. Mm. And that's what this movie one of the positive things that came out of this movie. Yeah. And so, and it is based on a true story. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's based on several true stories, which a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, the most significant influence was something known as the St. Louis exorcism. And so there's lots of information on that online. And the, the person who was involved in that, who was possessed in that, was actually a boy. And then William Peter Blatty, who wrote the novel, The Exorcist, he picks up on this and in an effort to kind of obscure the, the inspiration because the, the father, um, the Catholic priest who were involved with the original exorcism, asked him not to reveal the identity of this child. Hmm. And so there, there's some historical basis in this. There are um, well... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Th these events have been witnessed. Yeah. And they've been documented. And they are not just a single person saying, ooh, I had a creepy night at somebody's house. There are several people who were involved and people who were considered trustworthy. Right. And I think that's one of the more frightening elements of the story is knowing that it is actually based on true events. Right. So. And. Not just that, but uh, the main demon, because it's actually a priest battling an actual demon. Yes. Uh, Pazuzu, who is a real mm -hmm. demon. Uh, they actually filmed it in northern Iraq, uh, the, some of the scenes, mm -hmm. and they went there, and this demon did exist there, as far as uh, yes. the people who worshipped him. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. something interesting that I heard is that uh, in the movie, there's a big statue of Pazuzu, the person yes. who spoke, the historian who spoke about it said that that would never happen because this demon is so powerful. If they created a demon that, uh, a statue of him that big, it would really wreak havoc on the land. That So it, oh, we're talking wow. about a real, you know, uh, a real demon that uh, people worshipped. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it, it makes yeah, it that much more terrifying. I, yeah, and I believe it was the, the demon of the South west wind and um as such you will find a lot of wind imagery in this movie mm. um 
William Friedkin, who directed it, uh, really did an amazing job of, you know, like I said, I haven't seen the movie, but I've been doing a lot of research, but it seems like he's done a brilliant job of bringing in a bunch of symbolism and being able to communicate a message that shows that this is not just some slasher horror film for, for shock value, but there is underlying themes and messages within it. And there's some that are very subtle that you don't really expect and kind of get lost from what I'm reading uh, because of the sheer shock value of it. And so I, I have seen bits and pieces. And so I'm trying to, to prepare myself for this shock value. (laughs) And because it's, it's had a mixed reception. Um, the uh, the Catholic Church actually supported it. Mm-hmm. They uh, many of them thought it was a very well done and a very respectful film, uh, and so they they thought that it it did help with the um, education of the masses and to bring awareness. Uh, then you've got um, Billy Graham who totally trashed the movie and oh, said yeah. the devil is on every frame. Yeah, he actually uh, believed it was in the celluloid. Oh, really? Okay, so you found a better source than I did. <laughs> and so, yeah, because there, I think we need to be careful with movies like this. Uh, we don't want to bring a spirit of fear, um, you know, to invite it into our homes, and which can easily be done. But the, the point of the movie, according to uh, Blatty, was to show the triumph of good over evil, even in these most dire of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And What's really interesting about Blatty is his most famous film, aside from this, is Pink Panther 2. And so he went from writing slapstick to this. Yeah. And he actually said that this completely ruined his comedy career and nobody would even take him seriously as a comedy writer after really seeing this novel. So he he had some some prices to pay. And he's he's an interesting person. You can find all kinds of interviews with him because he does take this seriously. Yeah. And he he does take the the afterlife as and, you know, a spiritual realm as a very real possibility and and a fact in his life and possibly um, some of his stories kind of of his own experience uh, are very colored by what he's researched in this. And he did spend time with Jesuit priests actually studying exorcisms, the history of exorcisms. Uh, he, he was not somebody who just went to, you know, Google, which I know this is predating the days of Google, uh, to, to decide to, to pull together some random information that was going to be very shocking. Mm-hmm. He, he really wanted to present good information. And, and I have to respect that yeah. because the, the novel was released in 1971 and the movie itself was released in 1973 and it is one of the highest grossing films horror films of all time so yeah it's it's got quite the following and i I did want to read this quote from uh roger ebert he says um i'm not exactly sure what reasons people will have for seeing this movie surely enjoyment would not won't be one because (laughs) what we get here aren't the delicious chills of a Vincent Price thriller, but raw, painful experience. Mm. So, you know, he, he was not a terribly huge fan of the film. He he felt like it was um, over the top and that there was just a lot of shock value. And, uh, but he said at the same time, you were never less than convinced 
that it was happening. Mm. So if you've got a sensitive spirit, if you, if you don't like engaging with these things and you feel a check, don't watch it. Don't even listen to the podcast. I know that's a horrible thing. I'm not supposed to say that as a host, <laughs> but you know, we need to be using some discernment on this. Right. And let, let me also, as a person who grew up loving horror movies and watching horror movies, this is a movie ba- uh, that was made in the 70s. And so the shock value isn't as shocking today because of the kinds of movies that have been coming out. But let me say it is rough. The language, the scenes, <laughs> there are things that happen that are very, not just gross, but uncomfortable. So right. uh, again, um, you don't have to watch this movie if you have a weak stomach, especially like like you said, if you are spiritually very fearful of this kind of thing, of seeing this kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a trip. It, it will exhaust you. Uh, but... And I think we should mention that there, there is some sexually graphic scenes mm, yes. involving a child. Now, uh, a stand-in was used. So Linda Blair, who stars as the the main character, um, we we don't see her doing these things directly, although she is the one who who spots off some of the most horrible cursing and sexual sayings. The acts are done by a stand-in who was 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. Still very, very disturbing because they did it so well, most people don't even know where Linda Blair stopped acting and the other person stepped in. Right. So uh, we need to be aware of that. A common sense media, they give it a four star rating and they say 16 plus. Uh, I don't even know if I feel comfortable with my 16 year olds watching this personally. Yeah. Uh, they actually recommend Rosemary's baby as an alternative. So if that gives you any kind of idea hmm. <laughs> where they, <laughs> where they are, it's like, don't watch this, watch this one. It's not as traumatic. (laughs) And that in itself is a terrifying film about demonic. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I, so I'm looking forward to, to getting to, to look at what it might, um, not only how it it presents the demonic, but how do we as believers confront the demonic as as real Mm -hmm. as having an impact. And I, I, can't wait to have this discussion with Doug because he is going to, he's just going to bring something to the table. I don't think anybody else is going to bring. Right. Uh, he, he's so good at that. And so, and I did want to mention that uh, in, in the movie, what, is, what I think the movie does really well is we have this little girl who's going through something and we, they don't know what it is. And mm-hmm. so the mother actually takes her to, several medical experts they don't just jump to the conclusion of demon possession they try to figure out what is medically wrong with her and i think that that's Mm -hmm. an important thing to point out and and i i I actually really commend the movie for doing that that you know they don't just it's not just hey oh no it's demons like they're like we want to make sure or they don't even consider that they they think it's something medically wrong and they take you know a mother who loves her daughter you know, mm-hmm. does everything she can to medically try to figure this out. And you know. well, and that was very in keeping with the real events because mm-hmm. the real events, the, the, the young man, um, he's popularly known as Robbie. That's the pseudonym that was assigned to him by his, uh, by his primary biographer. Um, he 
uh, his parents went through all of this. They were kind of armchair Lutherans. You know, they, they weren't really pro, um, proactive in their church. They weren't really sure about how they felt about spiritual events. They took their son to various doctors, psychologists, and then they took him to a Lutheran priest. A Lutheran priest said, you know, you need to go to the Catholics. They're the ones who know about this sort of thing. And even then, they still pursued medical options. And matter of fact, the, the exorcism itself was held in a hospital. Mm. And so it was not something, like you said, that people just immediately went, oh, demons, and started to, um, to you know, yeah. splash the kid with holy water and what have you. They, they, there was a responsible approach to all of this. And, and I think that can be very informative because I, I don't think you can be a Christian and not experience evil in some form or fashion. Mm, yeah. And we need to be looking at how do we deal with this responsibly? How do we deal with it in a way that is coherent and, and uh, cohesive with our, our, our faith and the dictates of our faith? But also, how do, we, how do we do it without denying the totality of who we are? And so that's that totality is more than just, oh, we're spiritual beings with this, you know, messed up flesh. No, we're we're messed up flesh and we're messed up spirits. And we and all of these things go together and, and they do play off each other. Right. And so we, we don't want to neglect that side. And I think that we're going to be able to to bring some of that forward in the in the conversations. I know that one of the things in my research that I'm pulling out is um, we're look, we're going to be looking at. Uh, indications of demonic possession, because there are uh, the Catholic Church has come up with four indicators. We're going to talk about the the doorways are open. There are um, sixteen different things that the Catholic Church has identified as um, as portals into a person's life. And we're also going to talk about the levels because there there's more than one level of demonic manifestation. And I know I'm referring to the Catholic Church. A lot, and for a lot of Protestants, that's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, where's she going? <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is, the Catholic Church has taken the time to codify and to actually lay out steps. Mm. And that's something that we as Protestants have not bothered to do. Right. And that has often led to a lot of abuse. In, in this situation and what I have been reading and I'm not just accepting it. Oh, here's what the Catholic church said. So this has got to be right. I'm looking at it. And most of what I'm finding is already aligning with things that I have uncovered from scripture or have pieced together from personal experience or experiences that other people have shared with me. And so uh, th there's more than one witness to, to the validity of these approaches. And basically the Catholic church has just provided a format that allows me to present concisely. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm always going to make good, make use of a good source if I can find one. Right. <laughs> so, and that's, that's what we have here. And, you know, and I, and again, this is where the, the power of movies comes in right. because I don't think we would be having this conversation if it wasn't for this movie after you know, before the movie, um, actually, exorcist in the exorcisms in the United States was virtually unheard of. Mm -hmm. And then after the movie, there was a huge rise, and the Catholic Church realized that they were being inundated with requests for exorcisms. And so now, um, 
it is a part of our popular vocabulary where, you know, people my age and younger don't even realize that there was a time when this would have been a totally foreign concept. Right. And we are, and we are going to bring up uh, discussions about where the Bible addresses these issues. Yeah. And because that's very, very important to us. Great. And I, what I find really beautiful about the Bible is that the, the Bible does talk about mental illness and mm-hmm. at, by people who didn't know what mental illness was. And yes, but it, it by today's standards, you could read it and realize, oh, that's something that isn't demonic. That's something that isn't. And again, the Bible isn't talking about it in demonic in a demonic sense. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. There's this great story in Mark, which I want to hear Doug's take on this. So if you could bring it up to him where uh, <laughs> the apostles are trying to, you know, uh, exercise a demon from this person, from this child, I believe, who had was having epileptic fits. Uh, and so they couldn't exercise the demon. And they went to Jesus and said, could you help us out? Because this is really tough. And he gets frustrated with them. Like, don't you have enough faith? You could totally do this yourself. <laughs> and then he goes, he sees the child and he realizes, and this speaks to how human he, Jesus was, is he says, oh, he wasn't, oh, uh, you know, and then he cures the child. And they said, why couldn't we do it? It's like, oh, because this was something else. This wasn't something, mm. this wasn't a, a possession that can be fixed by, by, you know, by an exorcism. You need prayer and fasting for this one. So it's almost I, like, you know, there was something medically wrong with the, with the child and Jesus couldn't explain that to the, to the apostles. It didn't know how. I to, need to or, go back yeah. and. Yeah, I need because I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. So I need to go back and read that too. And and I'm sure I'll give Doug a heads up, and we'll let him come well prepared because uh, one of the things Doug is is a really good researcher. Right. And <laughs> so, uh, and because yeah, I had not I hadn't considered it from that perspective, and that's that's really good. And you know, I'm having to to stretch my wings a little bit because I haven't studied a lot of this in many, many years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, it's been, uh, an interesting journey for me to, to dive back into that particular aspect of scripture. Uh, if just in case someone listens to this and doesn't listen to the entire, mm-hmm. um, movie, you know, if, in my experience, when dealing with the demonic, usually when you're dealing with something that manifests and, and makes its presence known, you're dealing with something very low level mm-hmm. and they, they are there simply to instill fear. And usually praise and worship and refocusing on God and not feeding energy into that evil spirit is all you need to do. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not complicated and it's not a ritual. It, it's not some kind of rote uh, formula that you can control the spirit. It's simply asking God to come back into that space. And sometimes that means starting with repentance and saying, God, you know, I shouldn't have been, we'll use something cliche. Um, I shouldn't have been playing with the Ouija board. Mm, I shouldn't have yeah. been playing with tarot <laughs> cards. Or, or it could be something that we wouldn't even think of. Like I should have forgiven somebody in my past, or I should have not been looking at computer porn. I should have been, shouldn't have been doing this or that. And, and that repentance and re- restoring that relationship with God is often the thing that, that will drive out any evil spirit. Cause you know, the Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, we want to provide a place for God to, to, to join us. I mean, not that he isn't there all the time, but that conscious awareness of his presence, it it changes everything, your attitude, your mood, the, the spiritual atmosphere that surrounds you. And so, you know, if, like I said, if somebody doesn't want to watch the whole movie, I I want to at least give that because Mm -hmm. this is not something to be afraid of. Um, Jesus was not afraid of them. Jesus was never uh, cowering in fear before any kind of demonic manifestation. And if we're Christians, then Christ dwells within us and we can walk with that same kind of authority. Right. So I don't ever want us to forget that. And I don't ever want us to to present evil in some in a way that makes us feel like we have to cower before it. We don't. It's mm-hmm. been defeated. We just have to step out on that victory that's already been won. Exactly. And th- that's actually something we mentioned last month in the uh, in the the movie, The Nightmare, that we talked about is that uh, these if it is demonic forces, a lot of times they prey on fear. They want you to be afraid, and that's what gives them their power and strength. And sometimes we expect, you know, and there's even a situation in the Bible where, you know, uh, they expect a formula. They expect a a ritual Mm -hmm. to happen, and and you don't need that. You only need to to trust in Christ and to ask him to help you. Yes. And And literally (laughs) demons that seem powerful cower to that. Yes. And you don't have to be Catholic in order to be free of demons. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so you just have to. You, you just have to want Christ to be a part of your life. Right. And again, uh, and, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, that's yeah. Just Christ being part of your life, and, and really that desire to partner with Him and what He's doing in this world. And, right. and you know, that's the greatest gift we have as Christians. It, it's not. It's not even our salvation for, you know, the future, the eternity, you know, that's to come. It it is the fact that we can join in that eternal work right now and this moment and find our identity in who Christ says we are. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And I think we often forget that and we, we forget how much God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. And these doors are only opened when we step out of his provision and we step out of his guidance. And so it, it's it's not um, as one one podcaster I listened to this week. She said there's a certain sort of conceit about if you don't touch a Ouija board, if you don't touch tarot cards and you're going to be fine. Uh, and she said that's you know, that's not true. And, and I agree with her. Now, the rest of her conclusion, I, I don't agree with. But that part I agree with. Sure. It really is about obedience and submission to Father. Exactly. So, and again, that's, that's. Yeah. And you mentioned this before. Sometimes these, you know, demonic uh, forces, they don't look supernatural. It's not always a supernatural event. It's not always something that we can't explain. Sometimes it's as simple as being addicted to porn or unable to break mm-hmm. your your bad habits with alcohol or drugs. You know, demons mm-hmm. attack in many ways. And I think what the Gossip, movie... gluttony. It, exactly. And I think what the movie does well is that it, it shows that they don't... Demons don't read your mind. It's... Right. It, it's something that you show. It's a weakness that you show. It's a fear that you show that is out in the mm-hmm. open, and they prey on that. You know, yes, and so 
that, that, that's something that Doug explained. It's something that you've talked about and something that the movie show portrays. And I, I really do appreciate that that's something that we need to understand about demonic forces. One of the things that I saw with an interview was a Jesuit priest talking, and uh, I believe this is very accurate. And he, he really drove home the point that Christians, uh, the, their bodies can be overtaken sometimes uh, because we've opened these doors, but the soul is still our own. Mm. And so the, the demon cannot take over our soul, and we still possess that free will to repent and turn back to God at any point in time. And that's... It, the fact that we're given that option and the fact that we, we maintain that right in the sight of God, I, I think is so encouraging because I, I've known people who have believed they're possessed and there's a possibility they really, really were. Mm -hmm. And they've said, oh, it's too late for me. My soul's going to hell. And, and that is a lie straight yeah. from the pits of hell. And so don't ever give into that, that particular mindset because it's so damaging God says he died for you, he loves you, and he wants you to return, and he grieves over everyone who's lost. So it, don't grieve the Father. Mm -hmm. Come back to him. He wants you. Yeah. And so many people have, have bought into the idea that I'm past saving and that that's not true because God is all-powerful. Mm. Not you, not the demons, not Satan, and that's never going to be the truth. Yeah. And. This is the reason why we have to stay grounded in the identity of who God says he is and who God says we are. And we are loved and we are cherished and we are valued. And some of us really need to, to take that to heart and stop acting like that applies to everyone else except for us. Right. And again, <laughs> I wanted, and I want to remind people at the end of the day, this is just a movie. Let's not give it more mm -hmm. power than it deserves. And yes. one of the most heartbreaking things that I heard, I'm a big fan of punk rock and heavy metal. Uh, there's a documentary on Lemmy Von Kilmeister, who is uh, the lead singer of Motorhead. He suffered with diabetes. And when a wrestler, I think his name was Triple H, came to him and said, how do we deal with this? This is horrible. He unfortunately said, well, you know, sometimes you just got to face it because we're too old to find religion now. And that's, oh. yeah, that's, and so he just, he never stopped drinking. He never stopped, you know, dealing with his problems <sighs> and because he felt he was too old and, you know, that's the kind of, that's where, that's where we are the weakest when we believe that it's too late and it's not. Right. Well, and that's the reason why I think that the story of the thief on the cross was preserved for us yeah. to show us that it is never too late and it doesn't matter what we've done, that Christ is right there in the middle of mm -hmm. all the ugly we will ever experience, just like Christ was right next to that guy hanging on a cross. Yeah, when he it's thought, remember me because I'm, you know, it's too late for me. And, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and so, yeah, hanging on to those sorts of truths, and I, I really don't want this episode that's coming up to be something about all the darkness. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be about the power of evil. I want it to be about God's saving grace and his love and his power and the fact that it's there for all of us. Yeah. And so that that's where I want to put our focus. I know Doug's going to do the same thing. And so even though it's a controversial movie, um, we're going to talk about why some of the more graphic elements are actually very appropriate mm -hmm. for um, depicting evil. Yeah, because uh, I was talking this moment this morning with um, Josh Sherman. And if you're um fans of Raven Creek, you'll, you'll know that name. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, 
we were talking about how people so often today have said, oh, evil is just something you create for yourself. Evil is something that you've made the decision to, to harbor bitterness or you created hell on earth because of the situation you've created. And, and I don't believe that's true. I believe that we can have, um, we, we can make bad decisions and we can hurt ourselves with our bad decisions, but true malicious, malevolent, personified, intelligent evil is something that exists. And the moment that we convince ourselves that we can create it, through our own will and our own decisions, we're getting really, really close to that, that line where we can say we can create good and therefore we can create God in the same way. Mm. And so it, I think it's important for us as believers to recognize that it exists and that it is part of God's creation. There's a purpose behind it. And many, many times the purpose is to draw us back to him, to re- make us realize how much we are dependent on him. Yeah. Have I preached enough, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we don't talk a lot, Emily. When we go through all this time without speaking, we need to talk more because this is what happens. <laughs> well, you know, the, the good news is hopefully somebody will benefit from this conversation. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, let's uh, remind our listeners, this is a, uh, you're going to be hosting it with Doug Overmeyer. We're going to be doing The Exorcist. You don't have to see the movie. Uh, if you don't think you can handle it, but if you're going to listen, watch the movie first. Uh, if you don't want to watch the movie, then you can listen to the episode uh, on its own. And again, this is a Christian podcast. We're not about numbers. So if you don't think you can even listen to it, then that's okay. You know, it's you, exactly. you're not. We're not expecting you to, you know, to give us numbers. We just we we're doing this because it needs to be discussed. But if you don't think you can listen to it, even then, that's totally okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want people to, to engage at the level that they're ready for. And, you know, and if you're listening to father, he's going to let you know, mm-hmm. and you'll feel that check in your spirit. If you're not supposed to listen to it, if you get the green light, then, then give us some feedback and let us know what you got out of it. Sure. We'd appreciate that. Absolutely. All right. So I think that's uh, good. Uh, let's uh, remind our listeners that you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the commentarians. We got a couple uh, new names. We finally were able to break down uh, some of the, uh, you know, some of the social media people to give us our names. So uh, you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash commentarians. That's a new one. And twitter.com slash commentarians. We finally got it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we can Good news. E- yeah we can email us at commentarianspod at gmail.com and find us online at facebook i'm sorry at raven creek sc uh slash the comment uh, dot com slash the commentarians we hope to see you there yeah so thank you so much for uh being here emily and i can't wait for this episode me neither we'll uh, see you soon all right bye <laughs> bye You've been listening to The Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.